Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 145 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Colin Wiley. And today's episode is on How does beauty amplify a psychopath's natural advantage? So this was such a, oh wow, sort of episode that because when I found the research behind it, I was very, I wouldn't say concerned, I was very shocked. And to be honest, this is something that could actually be quite deadly. So this is a really interesting episode on like psychopaths. So I really enjoyed it, so hopefully you will too. And it is Saturday the 16th of April 2022 as I record this. So we're moving on to psychology news section. So we're going to be reading from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. And there's some very interesting ones here. Here they are. One actually really um, surprised me. So the first one is, Moon Mission Simulations Explores How Isolation Affects Astronauts' Wellbeing. The next decade promises to be an exciting one for space travel. With the Artemides missions, NASA plans to send a crewed mission to the moon in a few years' time and will eventually establish a base camp at the lunar South Pole for long expeditions. Meanwhile, Elon Musk claims that SpaceX will send a crew to Mars in 2029. But any long-term space mission will face numerous challenges, not just technical but also psychological. Astronauts will have to spend weeks or months in a small confines with just a few fellow crew members isolated from the rest of humanity. So it will be important to predict how this experience might affect astronauts' mental health and whether there are particular activities that could protect against any negative effects. This was one of the aims of Lunar Arc project. The results were recently published in Acta Astronomica. And two men in their 20s spent 61 days living in a specially constructed habitat in northern Greenland, designed to mimic the conditions astronauts would experience in a base on the moon. The participants had to cope with outside temperatures as low as minus 30 degrees and a month of a complete darkness, as had no contact with the outside world other than sending short daily messages back home. Wow, and oh, but there are actually quite a few really interesting things to actually unpack from this. So the first one is though, is that the next decade that should actually be very interesting in like a, a mass space travel because you've got all of these private companies now. And yes, I know there will always be kind of like conspiracy theories and like all of the like naysayers and like all of the like doom and gloom people. That, but this could actually be quite exciting. Of course, my personal concern is how will we govern all of this? <laughs> yeah, but all, yeah, but like all of this, because as a science fiction reader and writer, yes, I know it's all a fiction, but still, though, but still, though, like some of the points are actually like quite valid. How do we stop different countries from claiming entire planets and then like space or warfare? Could that be a thing? So that's some very interesting things that we actually need to think about. But thankfully, space travel isn't going anywhere, and it should just make the future even more interesting. Yes, that's definitely something that we actually need to like think about. Though, like, how can we move like psychology in and out to the new era, just so we're always like researching at the forefront of the latest things that are actually happening. And then the second thing that we need to unpack is the whole like psychological stress. Well, that could be caused. 
Yeah, but like that could be caused on like um, space travel. Because in the beginning, I think it will be a lot worse than it was. Yeah, but like then it will be in the future. Because if we think about airplane travel, I would not have wanted to have flown on an airplane like back when they first like came out, like the 1910s, 1920s, and to be honest, even like the 30s. <laughs> because of course they didn't quite have the same systems, the same tech, yeah, the same technology as they like do now. So hopefully things have like improved like over time. But you've still got to think though that these flights will, will definitely be a lot longer. So there'll definitely be like a lot more psychological distress in at the beginning. Hopefully over time and as the technology in approves, there'll be less psychological distress over time like on like these flights. But we need to do the research now just so it's sort of always like minimised and mitigated hopefully. So really, really interesting. So the second one is text message nudges that initially increased COVID vaccination uptake were not effective late in pandemic. Last year, a paper made headlines with the findings that basic text messages reminders can increase uptake of the COVID um, vaccine. In fact, we covered the research right here at, at Research Digest, and we did too on the podcast. <laughs> podcast. As we wrote at the time, the results showed that simple techniques to nudge people into, talk, into taking the vaccine should have a substantial impact if applied across the population. According to a new study in Nature, these nudges have a pretty limited shelf life. The team finds that timing really matters. Whilst text message reminders increased uptake immediately after the vaccine comes available, later in the pandemic, they were no longer effective. effective so when I first read to this, I was like, wow, because I was actually really surprised at this, but I guess it makes complete sense. Because we're going to be quite cynical here. What this basically is, is persuasion. They're basically trying to persuade you to like take the vaccine, which I will always be for. And if you've still not had the vaccine, try and like get it, please. But as I've been but as I've been aware from like a persuasion psychology, after a while, where people would tend to develop a like the resistance to um persuasive like messages that were for example like adverts i think i wrote in one of my books that the adverts but like, i tend to lose their effectiveness if someone sees them more than three times a week but it turns out that advertising companies are just like throw that out the book because because i've saw a brand new advert today actually and uh, we're in the first hour i probably saw it like four or five times so <laughs> yeah so that clearly like, isn't like going like well i work there but, but the first two times i did find it quite interesting by the fourth and fifth i was like really this is just so boring now <laughs> so that is actually quite interesting so what the last one is astronauts need a decent night's sleep too in uh, keeping with this week's space theme we uh, take a look at back at a 2020 article on how a lack of sleep could affect astronauts performance as I write this post, I'm struggling to put words onto the page. I, I didn't sleep well last night, and my tiredness has taken its toll on my ability to concentrate. But at least I'm sitting at my desk at home and not sitting in control of a massive hunk of metal filled up with fuel and electronics, hurtling through space at thousands of kilometres an hour. Because a study in scientific reports has found that astronauts need to get enough sleep put to, and when they don't, their performance suffers. So, not surprising. But this is sort of like the stakes are higher because if like you and me don't get a good night's sleep, then our work the next day like might suffer. But it's not like any of us are doing work that if our performance suffers too much, people could die basically. So astronauts, they definitely need to get enough night's sleep. Otherwise, really bad things could happen. So definitely interesting food for thought.
So that's enough psychology news session. So let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. This week I've been doing like tons of like different business pieces and I'm still like chipping away at the literature that I'm currently working on for my university psychology placement. But because I've just been like chipping away at it and because it's the Easter holidays, yeah, but like all the start of the university Easter break, I've actually not been doing like too much on that. Yeah, but like on that, so there's not a like great amount to report is that I know a lot of like, um, university students like listen to the uh, podcast, some of which like seniors, some of them are like thinking of like going to university, some of them are literally just starting. And as always, I thank you all of you for listening. But something that I want to advise you about is that, yeah, basically to save you with some like, extra hassle, when it comes to choosing your final year modules, don't just necessarily look at what group they're in, because... I don't know, I'm just talking from my own personal experience here, but um, when it comes to choosing your final year modules, there's a group of modules which are more theoretical, then there's another group which is the slightly more applied psychology side of it. But I like chose them the other week and everything, but it turns out that I was rather imbalanced in, in, in my module choices. Because I ended up with doing like um, one more module in the speaking compared to the autumn, so that wasn't good, and the university was not happy about that. Granted, by the rather how do I put this snotty email email like I got. <laughs> Therefore, the biggest tip that I actually want to give all of you is that when it comes to choosing your modules, well, just make sure that they're actually balanced. Certainly you're doing the same number in the autumn term than in the like, um, spring term, and it might just save you a little bit of a headache. <laughs> so as always, I always love to hear your thoughts and feelings on, on today's episode. So you can always email me, conwhitely.net. You can always leave a comment on the show notes at conwhitely.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi-whitely. I always love to hear because it really helps make the podcast feel more like a conversation. And today's episode has been sponsored by Criminal Profiling, a forensic psychology guide to FBI and statistical profiling. So this is an absolute brilliant sponsor for today's episode, simply because I actually do mention profiling a little bit. And, and of course, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, then you know I'm not a fan of FBI profiling in the slightest. But because I've mentioned it in here today, and I make it a um, and I actually made a sort of like a slight a comment, you know, like a snide comment about it. That well, like, I really do recommend that you pick up this a great, really easy to understand book because if you think you know about criminal profiling from like um, programs like FBI, um, Bones, um, NCIS, Egg, etc., then I'm very sorry to say that you are that you really don't know what true FBI profiling is actually about and why it's so rubbish. So I cannot recommend this great book enough. It's just got so much passion in it. But it actually goes through all of the research, all of the different theories and how it started. But then it also gives a really interesting look at statistical profiling, which is the more scientific version of a profiling. Okay, so with this actually a great book that you are just going to love and so many people do. And if you bought it, a massive thank you. So that is Criminal Profiling. The Forensic Psychology Guide to FBI and Statistical Profiling. Available from all major ebook and audiobook retailers, and you will even get the paperback and hardback version from Amazon at your local bookstore and local library if you request it. So that's enough for the psychology news section. So let's move on to the content part of today's episode. 
So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about how beauty amplifies a psychopath's natural advantage. So this is just such a weird, really interesting content part of today's episode. So I cannot right, recommend it enough. So let's um, dive into it. Psychopaths are fascinating types of people because of their twisted, strange and terrifying nature. Therefore, when I came across this piece of research, I just had to do a podcast episode on it. Was of how scary the implications are, and they really are. So how beauty amplifies a psychopath's natural advantage. And the real selling point for me on, on the topic was the horrific finding, finding that now that the psychopath Ted Bunty is a dead, and I had no idea who he was before this, lots of people have become devotees to him, and lots of young women have commented on, on his attractiveness and how much of a shame it is that they couldn't get to meet or date him. Personally, I was just shocked at this. Because it's just so strange, because, because my brain just cannot compute how a person could be interested in a psychopath who rapes a corpse, strangled a young girl, and removes heads. I just cannot understand it, and I'm not going to tell you the age of the young girl, because that's just, I would not put that on the podcast, because it was just so tragic. In addition, as we know from a previous podcast episode, psychopaths have a lot of advantages in that their easy ability to manipulate, charm and deceive others without any shred of remorse for the harm that they inevitably cause, as well as their awful narcissistic and grandiose core belief system driving them to seek whatever they want. However, those apparently blessed with physical attractiveness can get even further than than these manipulated people normally would. And this is especially true for female psychopaths. A, a case example of beauty and psychopathy. Furthermore, this example will, will support this point very strongly. Then I'll like, do a, a quick explanation at the end about how this connects to a beauty and I'll hammer the point home. Psychopath Sheila Barlett and the strange thing about her case was that the former FBI profiler, and of course I do not support FBI profiling in the slightest, but I'm still going to mention this person did it as a job there, and an acting investigative consultant, Mark Shumson, pointed out, she sexually assaulted and tortured male victims, victims, which is more commonly seen in male sadists than female psychopaths. Then it all started with Sheila Jennings, which was her maiden name, seeing a personalised ad for Wilfred Barlett, who owned a massive estate because he was lonely after his wife died, so Sheila saw it, saw it and saw an opportunity for herself to get lots of her money, leading her to use her beauty as a former beauty contestant and poise it to make it impossible for Barlett not to invite her into his home. Again, it sounds somewhat normal. I mean, I could see how a normal person might do this. <laughs> no really can't i think if someone did this to me i think i would just do like alarm bells and just think no but this is clearly wrong <laughs> then as you imagine she moved in no she I didn't get married but she still took his name however the interesting part is that she scared him and he was unable to get rid of her leading the police to break up tons of her domestic disputes so with the police officers having to use a two-officer response after a while because Sheila was so overly flirty and sexual with them, probably making it very hard for them to do their jobs. And this is what's critical. Critical though, her beauty probably didn't make them believe that she could be dangerous. And uh, yeah, that night, because the police officers couldn't see how dangerous she was, they couldn't remove her, no matter what Wilfred said, which I think is just tragic and i feel so sorry for him because 
he was targeted and anyone could be targeted and yeah just now 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 this is just such a shame because this Wilfred person should not have had to die like this and no one should have to experience this consequently when Wilfred died in 2000 from heart failure Sheila got the estate to the utter shock from his family and they suspected that she forged his signature on a fake will but to be honest but to be honest, this is just my own opinion here, but if we consider how great a manipulation psychopaths are, I don't think it's unlikely he really did give everything to her after a series of, of like manipulations. Because from everything else that I've read on her, I think she's sort of like that good at manipulating. But again, that is just a theory from everyone. No one really knows what happened. Happened. Now, I wouldn't blame Eva for just thinking that, that it would stop there because surely Sheila has everything. She has $2 million to state. And she's managed to like, manipulate her way into this guy's life. So what else could she want? However, it turned out she wanted a lot more than that just Barlett in the first place. Since even whilst living with him, she got involved with other men who she later tormented and murdered. And in this brilliant not attempt to manipulate officers even further, when she was under arrest, she claimed that she killed and buried them in her garden because she was an angel on a mission to kill paedophiles. Thankfully, that manipulation outright failed failed due to the um, 12-hour-long interview conducted by a forensic psychologist that approved Sheila did not believe her, lives, her lies, since she showed other behaviours in her said, like deception, lack of empathy and paranoia. Additionally, if you doubt that she was really a psychopath, remember the amount of manipulation this all took, and according to prosecutors, she also preyed on homeless men, as well as Sheila had a need to control, isolate and torment her victims, suggesting that she got great pleasure from her sadist acts. Then she killed two of her victims. But given how there were three human toes found on her property that did not belong to the two victims, there is a very real possibility that that a third victim does exist. Conclusion So as we've seen from the example above, psychopaths are great manipulators that can well that can unfortunately achieve a lot. And that is and to be honest, that is flat out outrageous that they can achieve so much. Through their constant lies, deceptions and more. Personally, I doubt a non-psychopath would have made Wilfred Barlett open his doors so easily in, in addition to all the other male victims that she found. But her beauty helped. Without her beauty and her already powerful advantages, I think it's clear that she would have had to work a lot harder to actually get into Wilfred's life as well as to make all those homeless um, men and other victims fall for her. And there is another very dangerous benefit of her beauty for psychopaths. Despite all of the news and other sources of information out there on how to spot and protect yourself against a psychopath, a very beautiful psychopath can make even the most vigilant person fall prey to them, because beauty really can make us think they're not dangerous, and that's something very interesting to end on. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you got something out of it. I know I really enjoy these sorts of episodes, so I might do them once every few months. So this is just really interesting and I hope you enjoyed it. If you know someone who would enjoy today's episode, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when wonderful people help spread the words about the podcast. And definitely check out Criminal Profiling, the Forensic Psychology Guide to FBI and Statistical Profiling, available in all of the usual places and in audiobook format. Have a great day and I'll see you next time. 
thanks for listening today i hope you enjoyed it if you want to see the show notes then please go to connorwhitely.net and if you want a free eight book psychology box set then please go to connorwhitely.net have a great day and i'll see you next time